Welcome to episode 2 of Artimitate's Life. I'm John Reynolds and this is the podcast that looks at our world and the relationship between this and art through the eyes of creatives. On today's episode I'll be interviewing a friend of mine, Jasmine Betancourt, who was a film critic on Instagram. He also makes his own documentaries as well. It's weird because I've known Jasmine for so long, like on Instagram and we've spoken so much about films and life and the difference between the UK and Portugal but we've never actually spoken in real time through voice so here is quite an exclusive interview with me and speaking to a friend for the first time at the same time. I hope you'll enjoy this episode we've decided to speak all about queer cinema because this month is pride month so Jasmine himself has set up this event on Instagram called Queering Cinema you can find that with the hashtag Queering Cinema on Instagram. And Jasmine and myself and a lot of other film friends, we've all decided to come together and each review a different LGBT-related film every day of the month. So my film, for example, is Moonlight. I'll be reviewing that later this month. So Jasmine's going to talk to us a little bit about that and how he could relate to LGBT cinema and how that helped him decide and discover who he is. I hope you enjoy. Hi there, so I'm joined with Jasmine, who runs the Instagram page, Jasmine Talks Cinema. He's an Instagram film critic and also a filmmaker as well. He's from Portugal, uh, the town of Sintra, near the capital, is that right? Yes. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about uh, queer cinema and all things LGBT cinema. So when did you first start getting into LGBT cinema? I don't really know. I, I think... When I started uh, finding out about uh, my sexuality, I started looking for films that, uh, in a way, answered the questions I was having and, or films with characters that I going through the same things as I was going through. I think the first film that I really, uh, it was very important to me and I really identified with was this British film by Andrew Hay called um, Weekend. And uh, it was very, the way uh, everything in it is dealt with. Uh, it's it's a, a film about uh, romance, about this guy who meets a, another guy in a bar and they have uh, what is supposed to be a, a one night stand but um, then it develops to something more. And it's very interesting because the, the, conversa- the conversations that they have were are really, they were really mind blowing for me because it was the first time I, I saw them being discussed in such a way. And that was a really important film for me. <laughs> Did you think that it was possible for a film to be like that? You know, before you watched this film, did you think it was possible for a film to be like that or like i i was aware of uh, like uh gay people and but uh i think i i was thinking that maybe i was going through something uh different and then that film made me realize that there were more people like me and you know it was very important I think that's really beautiful because it does show you the power of cinema and the way that cinema can affect people like that and give things, give people stories that they can relate to and help them discover themselves. Do you think that film helped yeah. you find out who you were? Yeah, yeah, 
really. And there was there was also another film. Uh, this is a, a more well-known film. It's uh, Love Simon. Oh yes. Uh, and that film also really helped me uh, coming out to my parents. So that that was uh, that also shows how powerful cinema can be because it showed me how. Uh, um, how there isn't uh, anything to fear, and and it it showed me a character that was going through the same dilemmas I, as I was going through. Of like, I was afraid that uh, me coming out would change the way people uh, were going to look at me, and and that film showed me that that wasn't something that I should be afraid of, and that I shouldn't be afraid of showing who I am to people. I think that's really beautiful because of all the LGBT films that I'd seen before I watched Love, Simon, I think all of them were quite serious and quite dark and quite gritty, mm-hmm. but Love, Simon was very funny and upbeat and it yeah. was something that like teenagers can watch or like even younger kids could probably watch it and yeah. help them understand all the issues that people are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So at the moment you're doing this queering cinema event on Instagram. Could you talk to me a little bit about that, please? Yeah, uh, I gathered a few uh, Instagram reviewers uh, and we are basically going through this Pride Month each day reviewing a different historical queer uh, film. Uh, We started from a film from the 1930s, Matchen in, in Uniform, this German film. It was, I think, the first film to explicitly deal with a, a queer relationship. And, 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 we're, and we're going through various films through the 50s, 60s, 70s, until uh, today. And we're finishing with Portrait of a, a Lady on Fire, which came out last year. <laughs> It's a really amazing film. Have you had a chance to see it on the big screen yet? Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. So I'm looking forward to reviewing Moonlight. I think that's one of my favourite films. Even though I'm not LGBT myself, I can still really relate to that because I think growing up sometimes you're just not sure like what you are or who you are. And I think that's a film that really, it just feels incredibly personal. I think everyone can take something from that. Yeah, and, and for me, Moonlight was a very important film because it was about a kid growing up, finding out about his sexuality and uh, his identity. And uh, for me, it was very powerful because it's something that I deeply identified with, but in a radically different reality from mine. From uh, I grew up in a middle-class family in Europe, a family of artists. And I was seeing this kid from uh, Florida in this poor uh, neighborhood with very troubled family. And uh, and it was very radical, radically different from my reality, but it made me understand that um, I can identify with a reality that is very different from mine. I love the way that they portray Bahashla Ali's character because yeah. he's a drug dealer, isn't he? So it's very rare that you see that sort of character portrayed so like so heartwarming and like quite fragile in himself and also very yeah. quite soft at heart, but also very kind. It's very 
very interesting film. Yeah, he's sort of the father figure to uh, Charon, and, and it's a very uh, interesting character. And I really enjoyed the way the, that uh, the character evolves, and especially in the third part, we, where you, we have this Charon that has built uh, sort of like a, this strong carapace uh, around him uh, and looks very tough and but then there is that moment that Kevin uh, calls him and in that moment you realize that he's still the little boy that he was and very fragile and the, the, I think the performance by Trevante Rhodes is very good because he's has this outside toughness but then inside he's still very frail and uh, with a lot of insecurities and, and all that. He's amazing, isn't he? isn't he? I think, I don't want to spoil it too much, but by the end, it's just, it's just really heartbreaking because he realises that something meant so much more to him than it meant to the other guy. So yeah. I really recommend that to anyone who's not watched Moonlight. So could you talk to me a little bit about uh, the new queer cinema movement? I've done a little bit of research and I found that it was from the early 90s and it sort of yeah. introduced the word queer into academic writing. I found yeah, that... uh, yeah it, it has to do with uh, um, basically in the 80s uh, there was a sort of development at academic levels of uh, uh, queer studies and uh, queer theory and uh, studying uh, people uh, that didn't didn't go according to the heteronormative lifestyle in, in uh, uh, there's a very interesting uh, academic that uh, is called Judith Butler, and it's uh, she talks a lot about that. And and basically, in the early '90s, there was sort of a, uh, that queer theory influenced uh, a lot of queer filmmakers, and uh, there was uh, this almost like a uh, an explosion of uh, films uh, dealing with queer themes and uh, LGBT experiences, and uh, there's essentially that that influenced all queer films that we've come to see uh, nowadays. I think what's really interesting about that theory is the fact that what we would class as a queer film now, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, these films would have been underground films with very limited yeah. audiences. They would have been like what we see as cult films today. Do you think yeah. do you think it's important that queer films started to become more mainstream and more accepted by wider audiences? Yeah, I think that's a, a very important thing. And I think we've come to see with, for example, Love Time and it's a, a very mainstream film and it deals with uh, LGBTQ issues in a very realistic way and in a way that makes people understand these experiences and isn't there to uh, give uh, like a, a moral judgment uh, uh, about uh, queer identities. The best definition that I could find of the movement was from Susan Hayward, who's written loads of articles about queer studies and queer cinema. 
She says that queer cinema aims to challenge and push further debates on gender and sexuality and explore the limitations of the binary. Do you think yeah. queer do you think queer films that are even coming out today, like Portrait of a Lady, do you think they still challenge the norms about the binary and what it means to be queer? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh there's for example, there's uh this Portuguese film that came out uh, last year called Diamantine. It's it's uh, basically uh, it talks uh, about a lot of stuff. It's a, a big satire, but it talks about queer identities and it really pushes the the boundaries of uh, masculinity, femininity, and what are these two things? And yeah, there are two filmmakers that I hadn't heard of. Or I think I'd heard of, but I haven't explored properly. Derek Jarman and Kenneth Anger. Could you tell me a little bit about those? Yeah, um, I, 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 t- I told you about um, Kenneth Anger was uh, uh, an underground uh, uh, filmmaker uh, that started making films in the 40s. And he's considered uh, almost the, the most influential uh, uh, underground filmmaker of all time with filmmakers like Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, citing him as a big influence. Uh, and he did, his films were very, uh, were some of the first films uh, to deal with queer issues and questioning the uh, uh, gender identity. And uh, his films were very, also had a very strong homoeroticism and his most famous film is uh, Scorpio Rising, which I reviewed for the Queering Cinema uh, event. Uh, and it's a, a very interesting film that basically is a portrayal of violence in our society and from a, a, a sort of a queer point of view. And it, it's, I really recommend all, uh, Many of his films are available on YouTube. And yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to check him out. He sounds so interesting. Yeah, I think it's and, weird because he obviously was making films in the 40s, and he's still alive today. So he's seen so much change since yeah. the 40s, and, when it was still illegal to be gay, and now it's very much becoming more widely accepted. There's a long way to go, but it's still it's still getting there. Yeah, and his his films were most of them weren't shown in like regular theaters they were shown in basements of bars across the the country uh, the us and and it's and now it's uh, the change that has happened now it's more widely available so and and about the derek charman he's also a very interesting uh filmmaker uh he's a big influence of the new queer uh, queer cinema and uh i've been very recently exploring uh, his cinema he's he has very interesting uh aesthetic and he was i think he was one of the first uh british filmmakers to make films where uh gay characters were portrayed in a positive light his first film is uh sebastian i watched it a few uh, uh, days ago uh, actually and it's um very interesting film about faith and has this very um, complicated relationship between uh, it's it's a film about uh, 
uh, basically uh, Saint Sebastian, uh, and it's a queer take on his life, which was very controversial at the time because it was portraying a, a Christian saint as being a homosexual. Uh, but it's a very interesting film, quite quite erotic, <laughs> and and but there's this also very interesting film by him, which is was his last film, which I also watched a few days ago, called Blue. Basically, um, uh, Derek Charman was contracted HIV, and he died from uh, AIDS-related complications. And uh, he, he obviously his body started to uh, deteriorate, and one of the things that started to deteriorate was his eyesight, and he started to see things with shades of blue and an increasing shade of blue. So he made this film, uh, which is basically just a, a, a continuous blue screen for about an hour, and he talks about his experiences uh, with uh, AIDS and uh, also experiences of finding out about his sexuality and also he he talks very uh, poetically, it's very beautiful and it also has a bit of narration from Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton uh, worked a lot with him in his films. Films are very interesting and they, they also he also has very almost aggressive commentary on British politics. Like he has a film called The Last of England, which is about Thatcherism. Uh, and he was a very, he was also a, a gay rights activist. And he was, uh, as we all know, uh, uh, Margaret Thatcher's, uh, Thatcher's administration wasn't the most gay friendly administration. Let's put that politely. Yeah, uh, and so it also uh, he deals a lot about uh, the these taboo things in uh, British society, and it's very interesting to check him out. I think that's brilliant that he was so active in politics throughout his career because yeah, I think it was Celine Sciamma who directed Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah, she, she said a film that isn't political is an ideology in itself. It sort of rejects that there's things going on in the world. It rejects the fact that there's struggles. So I love that Jarman was so interested in, you know, repealing Clause 28, which, if you don't know, Clause 28 basically said it was illegal for schools to promote hex- he- uh, homosexuality. Yeah. So if kids were bullying, if there was a gay student and kids were bullying him or her, it would have been illegal for the teacher to say no stop that that's wrong so um, i think that's yeah really yeah and and i i believe that uh the thing that when people say that uh, a film isn't political uh, uh it's it isn't uh, uh uh it's sort of a lie because it's not the film is isn't political that every film is political that but certain films put issues in question and others are more there uh, they don't put things uh, in question they they are by not being uh, explicitly political they are also they are also being political because they are putting the things of power in in question 
exactly. It's kind of obstructing people from realizing what's going on. And that is an ideology in itself, as Siyama yeah. says. So thank you very much for talking to me, Jasmine. If you want to check out Jasmine's page on Instagram, it's Jasmine Talks Cinema underscore. And I'm going to put that in the link on the podcast in the description. And if you want to check out all the, the queer related film reviews, you just go to hashtag Queering Cinema on Instagram. Thanks very much, Jasmine. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed episode two of Art Imitates Live. If you want to look at Jasmine's work, you can find them on Instagram at jasminetalkcinema underscore, and I'll be putting that in the description of the podcast anyway. You can also find all the reviews for Queering Cinema under the hashtag Queering Cinema on Instagram, and I'll also say all the directors and films that we spoke about in the description, so if you're interested in finding out any of these films for yourself, you can check them out. I would like to finish with a quote from Derek Jarman. One of the directors that we discussed on this show... He said, these names, gay, queer, homosexual, are limiting. I would love to finish with them. We're going to have to decide which terms to use and where we use them. For me, to use the word queer is a liberation. It was a word that frightened me, but no longer. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch, you can on Instagram at artimitatesLifePodcast. I've been John, and I hope to see you again very soon. But until then, bye-bye for now.